You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan, and it has been a quiet, quiet summer. It's been a quiet, quiet summer. You know, I know right now, as we're recording this, we have the NBA Finals on, we have late night baseball, a lot of stuff happening. But so far, I don't know how you feel, Grump, but a quiet summer for the Giants means it's a good summer. I don't have reports of people getting fired. I don't have reports of people getting injured. I don't have reports of people getting into trouble with the law. I don't have all of that stuff. So to me, if I don't hear one bit of giant news between now and training camp, hallelujah. Yeah, you're not kidding. I mean, we got no peds violations, no gambling <laughs> issues. There's absolutely nothing. Um, yeah, this, is, this is how it should be. This is what you want out of your offseason. I know we're used to the 24-hour, 365-day uh, news cycle for football, but right. when you're kind of just forcing conversations, um, that really means that you, there's nothing to say. You want news in the normal cycle. You want to talk about getting ready for the draft and talk about right. signing free agents and cap things and nothing. I don't want like stories that are not in the script and somebody who blows out an ACL or shoots themselves in the foot or you know has a domestic violence case or whatever the case may be. We don't want those stories that are not scripted as part of the cycle. So, right, so far, yeah. the, course, those are, those are distractions from yeah. the cycle. All I those say that other right things now. are not news because they're just part of the cycle. Exactly. Um, so, you know, contributing to the quiet front and, uh, I mean, me just not really having much to say on Twitter or, or much of anything is, uh, there was an air quality issue <laughs> to say the <laughs> least in the area. The giants, <laughs> the giants straight up canceled practice Thursday and Friday. And yes, even though they were indoors, um, if you're not from this area, I'm sure you were frustrated with the amount of social media posts about it. But um, well, I, I can but, say for sure that it sucked because I I am not normally sensitive to things, but I had a headache for three days straight and I work indoors. Let's be honest, Grump. The world, there is an East Coast bias and the world revolves around the tri-state area. So if you people who aren't from here don't like it, tough. This is our world. Um, it was awful. I mean um, – Thursday, about 2 o'clock, it looked just like Total Recall here. The sky was beet red. It was just a weird – you could taste it in your mouth, just like something wasn't right. So you know, I, I think they did the absolute right thing. You know, This is, again, we're not getting ready for a huge game against the Eagles on Sunday. This is you know, pre-practices, so there's no sense in risking anything for anybody. So – so be it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it was. I think it's like incredibly bad to breathe in just as a normal like walking around thing. But to be running around, even if sure. you're going through the motions or anything like that, um, I have a friend that works outdoors. He had to leave work early um, and got like sure. really sick. Um, yeah. 
I mean, it's bad. Yeah, it, remember, it was pretty bad. I, I can attest to how bad that was. Yeah. We were in San Francisco about five years ago, Thanksgiving time, and we were supposed to go to the um, big game, you know, Cal Stanford, and they canceled it because there was forest fires, you know, 50 miles from San Francisco. And you, again, similar situation. You can see the smoke, you can feel it and taste it. So, yeah, it's weird. So, I, I have staff that, uh, which is my like day job that work near like the, western new york area but very close to canada and mm-hmm. they were the one i didn't know anything about it but it was like nine in the morning i was talking to somebody they're like oh yeah it's like really you can see the smoke i was like seriously like <laughs> yeah. yeah everything smells like campfire and my thought in that moment is like oh that's not that bad of a smell when you think about it but it's like totally different when it's like you can't get away from it yeah well, you and, don't and want you it. like <laughs> also like smell aside like just the effects of it like just actually feeling like shit for no reason like well i was i've been kind of off twitter for the last several weeks and i had no idea mm-hmm. and i went outside to go to starbucks and i thought there was a fire in a building down the street from us <laughs> i uh, i texted the cranky wife i'm like hey is there a fire in the neighborhood she's like hey stupid haven't you been looking at the news <laughs> I'm like, well no <laughs> so <laughs> um I, well, I mean, so there was no practice. There was a lot of like coaches and 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 people talking to the media, saying, in my opinion, saying nothing. I, I know uh, Wink Martindale may have said something that was somewhat complimentary of Darian Beavers, Micah McFadden, you know, about who's playing next to Bobby Okereke and whatever. I I don't care. Um, th- it's going to be an open competition. None of that shit matters. Darian Beavers was in a preseason. He was a late-round pick and tore his ACL. If he's going to earn that spot, we'll all see it in training camp. It's not the kind of thing that Wink Martindale knows or sees something we don't see. Um, yep. You know, it, it, the, a lot of the, that coaching talk, I, I don't really pay attention to any of it um, because right now is really a lot of install and it's a lot of trying out ideas. All these all these ideas that floated around over the offseason and the coulda, shoulda, woulda, in this scenario, we should try that out. If only it was installed. I mean, that's kind of they're they're tinkering yeah. right now. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing I really want to hear from a coach about if something happened. You know, did somebody get hurt? Tell us right. what's and they're going to tell you anyway. So really, again, you know, you know, it doesn't really matter what comes out of their mouths at this point because everything they say is probably carefully scripted anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, there's probably a reason why they picked uh, Darius Beavers out who they wanted to talk to him. There's either a motivational tactic or something. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, let me know how you feel after we lose to the Eagles or after we beat the Cowboys. Right. But right now, whatever they say, it's whatever. I um, Yeah, so the, the practice – I think the fact that the Giants canceled rather than like postpone or reschedule the practices – it just underscores how little these practices really mean. So remember that when a guy in contract negotiations or a guy in his prime and is just a veteran just doesn't want to go to these, just remember that they're so not important that the coaches just straight up canceled them. Yep. They, they yep. could have rescheduled them. Believe me, the, the weekend the air was a lot better. They could have sure. done that. No sense in doing it. Nope. Um, that being said. And also, <laughs> because they didn't do it, Let's not, you know, no one's going to remember in October if this team is, you know, you know, two and four. Oh, no, but they'll remember in the, the first preseason game when 
Daniel Jones throws uh, an interception or somebody runs the wrong route, they'll say the OTAs, <laughs> OTA 8 and 9 or whatever. Got right, canceled. they were canceled. Yeah, exactly. Silly. Uh, pivoting to guys not showing up for things, uh, Saquon Barkley spoke to the media, I believe for the first time regarding his contract in a while. He yes. hosted a youth camp that he was going to host. The media swarmed him. He was prepared with statements to say he knew what he was ready. Um, and pretty much he said that he'll not be attending minicamp, which we all knew. Um, he can't until he signed something. Um, right. That is only mandatory for employees of the team, which he is currently not, while that franchise tag sits unsigned. Um, he went on to talk about how he was unhappy about how some of the stories about their contract negotiations got out there and that they're misleading, maybe paint a picture that of him that is not true. Uh, he reiterated for probably the umpteenth time that uh, he's not trying to reset any sort of market. I, I think that's been clear. I think anybody who thinks that at this point is uh, not paying attention well, but has an opinion anyway. But this doesn't make any sense. I mean, for him even to say that, it's like if you're not trying to reset the market, the market's pretty much been established. So I don't know why. Uh, well, I mean, I the end-all, be-all number, yes, but there's other things such as guarantees and incentives that are. Yeah. Not. And also, I mean, just because, I mean, is, is ten million dollars the market because it's the franchise tag? I, I don't know. I mean, he's. I think he's trying to not appear to be the bad guy at the same time and get what he wants. You know, so you could say when you say things like, "I'm not trying to set the market," that's trying to say to the fans and the media, "I'm just trying not to be greedy." You know, I don't want. I don't need to be the highest paid. So, but the same. I don't think he is trying to be the highest paid. Right, but I mean, I, but so, I think that's been clear since the beginning. I think. Right, but but I, I think there is kind of a market that's been set for what running backs will be getting. So, I don't know. I think this is all. I mean, gun to your head right now, Grump. On July seventeenth, what's happening? Uh, I think I don't know how it's happening, but I do think that he plays this year, and I don't know if it oh, happens oh. on July seventeenth. No, my, my question was going to be, is he going to sign a, a, an extension, uh, you know, a contract, or is he going to play under the, the, uh, the tag? Well, I mean, is are we just assuming he's not going to hold out? Assuming he's playing. Just, I, I would say there's basically no chance he's not playing this year. That'd be, that, would be, that would be crazy. That would be, you know, for a running back uh, coming off of a major injury to basically forego a year's salary is not going to happen. Well, why can't both happen? Both why can't why can't the tag be applied while they continue to work out an extension that gets signed at some point? Right, that, that, that's 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 your prediction. That's fine. Yeah, you. Can, I, mean, can, I, I think that, yeah. that that's at least a possibility. I, I think that the, the tag is going to end up getting applied because I don't think it serves him any good to not play this year. Yeah, and I don't think that the Giants are just going to offer him a new contract or an extension. I, I think they're both going to play chicken to the point where the tag has to be applied. Now, whether yeah. something works out beyond that, I, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I, I would think that that's the best for both sides, is that the tag gets placed to get things rolling while they at least agree in some respect towards coming closer wherever they're far apart. Somewhere along the line, they're far apart. I think that that would be the best case scenario. Uh, whether that happens, I don't know, man. Um, I... My prediction is, and we can you can bookmark this for later, and I may be completely wrong, but I think I might be right. Is I think the Giants going to stay firm and say, you know, the the, the deadline's going to come. They're going to play chicken with Saquon. Saquon's going to sign the tag. 
and he's going to play out the tag. I, I, I really do not think that this organization wants to be handcuffed with a, with a, a, a longer term deal for him. Why? I, really, I, I think they, I still think they still want to use that money for other needs on this team going forward. I don't then, think they want to pay why, for it. Wait, wait, then why did they offer it already? They already offered him a two year deal. I think that was. I think that was also before we knew what was exactly happening with uh, Daniel Jones too. I think the Daniel Jones situation clarified, and I just think they decided they wanted to use that. The the price tag for Daniel Jones also went way up from that time. Also, yeah, but they could they could still work what they offered him before. Eh, possibly, but I, I just. I mean, I'm not even, forget the money. It's not about the money at this point. I'm just saying the years. You you're saying that. They, you don't think they want to hitch themselves to anything longer, but they already offered him a two-year deal. I don't think it's the length. I think they're, I think they're comfortable for two years with Saquon. Yeah, I, I think two years is fine. I, I, I don't think it's gonna be anything more. And I think Saquon's looking for more than two. I mean, I, I think that's probably true. I, I don't. Yeah. Think, I mean, I don't think there's a way that. I don't. I don't think they want to even bother with a three-year deal that's really a two-year with an out or anything like that. Yeah. Because I don't think they even want to entertain. I mean, maybe uh, he is. Do you know how old Saquon Barkley is? Twenty-seven. Not even close. He's twenty-five. He's twenty-five. Yeah. So I mean, he's a lot younger than I think Giants fans realize. I think I think because of the length of time we've been waiting for him to be the guy he was last year, has made, and and just I think that prolonged sense of it's coming. Has made us all think that he is twenty-seven. I was, I, I was, did the same thing that you did. I was like, what is he like, yeah. 26, 27, something? Like that. Oh, I'm twenty-five. How about that shit? But I would say his legs are not a twenty young twenty-five-year-old body. I mean, he's, um, he's, had, he's had because of the you know the, the major injury because he is a workhorse. I, I, I you know, I he doesn't see. I, I, if you ask his legs how old they are, they, the legs will probably tell you I'm, I feel older than 25. <laughs> so, so, um, but we both think that he plays this year, right? Do you think he holds out? No chance. I, I think there's. I think, I there's think it's less chance. than 10% chance that he holds out. I think something yeah. something bad would have to happen personally between the front office and him to, uh, to bring it that direction, right? I think there's a better chance that he gets new representation than he actually I agree with that. Out. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, a NFL player's career is only so long, and you know, you don't want to waste years, and you know, that's money you'll never get back again. So. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about Barkley. You were you were over the week on uh, Bell Guy's channel, kicking yeah. with Zane. Yeah, yeah, great time. Uh, I really appreciate him bringing me on. We talked for you know quite a while about. Life, love, the Giants, you name it. <laughs> and um, one of the questions he asked me was, you know, what do you think has been the best move they've made so far in this offseason? By the way, before you even get started. Yes, sir. I, I texted you and said that this was a great answer. Oh, thank you. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying everything you're about to dive into, I had no idea. I But I texted you specifically about this answer, didn't I? Yes, I, you did. I, I was like, I, I thought that was a great answer. Nice work. Yeah. Go on. He asked me, "What do you think? What do I think the best move the Giants have made so far in this offseason? And I, my answer was, not caving into Saquon Barkley and giving him a contract. I think this front office 
does not they this is not Dave Gettleman. You know, this is not someone where you know they are playing fantasy football and they like names and all this stuff. This is a front office that has a long-term plan for sustained success. And I think that, you know, in their opinion, putting being kind of kept hijacked by any one player is not in their best interest. They want as much flexibility as possible. And to me, right now, there are options. Um, you know, Saquon Barkley, and, and this is not to say, because I got a lot of flack for this answer and people criticizing me because I know there is a Saquon Hive, like there's a Carmelo Anthony Hive in this town, that, you know, Saquon is the face of the franchise. It's their guy, you know, for a, a generation of Giant fans. And, you know, how can you say this and how great he is? You know, I did not say that Saquon Barkley is easily replaceable. I did not say, you know, it's, you know, you can just plug and play somebody else to fit in and it's no difference. This is a league with a salary cap. This is a league. This is not the, uh, this is not major league baseball. This is not the premier league where you can just spend at will. And it doesn't matter what the consequences of by spending for whatever it takes to keep the best players in it. You have to adhere to the salary cap is a big thing. And fans don't like to think about that. And, you know, this front office is thinking, you know, not only in the short term, but in the long term. And, you know, this Barkley thing, I think we're all pretty confident will get sorted out, whether it be a short term play on the tag for one year or they sign to a two year deal or maybe longer. But I think right now the best thing they did was just we're going to wait and see and not make a move until we absolutely had to. Like I referenced before, you know, they they we didn't know what Daniel Jones offered, you know, what his value was going to be mid-season last year. There was a lot of people thought he wouldn't be back with the team and situations changed and you have to be flexible and ready to pivot to make all the moves you need to for that continued sustained success. So, you know, what they do in the draft, you know, they, I thought it was a great draft, you know, but the best move for me so far is they still have flexibility knowing at the end of the day, they still have Saquon Barkley in their back pocket who like you said 99% will be back. Well, so, I mean, we're going to take this as two separate things here because yes, you know, what, what you were uh, what you were criticized for was not what I was really congratulating you on. I mean, it has right. nothing to do with Saquon's replaceability. I mean, I guess mm -hmm. it has some level to do with it. But for me, the answer is fantastic because they were in such a difficult position. I mean, this is a front office that comes in and has to make three major contract decisions based off of one year of in the building with these guys. Mm -hmm. But they have to decide on Daniel Jones, a quarterback, which is probably probably the most difficult contract negotiation to navigate is a quarterback that falls under the category of what Daniel Jones did, where like you really only have that late resurgence in this spe specific new system of actual quantifiable production to base your negotiations off of and everything else is speculation is like if only this were happening back then or if these guys were here or if this injury didn't happen and what would have happened here and this this coach is a bonehead you know what i mean like 
That is the most difficult contract to negotiate and navigate. At the same time, they have a dominant defensive tackle in a really competitive market. And they got him to sign to something that was not resetting that market. At the same time, they signed their quarterback. And the guy who is the easiest decision to make in that group, they were able to stand pat on, even though he is a huge face of the franchise and not only that they tried to get out in front of that and get that out of the way right in the in middle of last season i mm-hmm. thought the way they navigated the whole thing was pretty brilliant especially when barkley turned down the offer that really throws a wrench in the plans they prioritized what was needed to get done they got it all done neither of those big contracts reset the market um i think both of those contracts were fair to the players and fair to the team and now they have what i would consider a fair deal on the table for Saquon Barkley. I think what they offered him at $12 million for two years or 12 and a half or 13 is that number seems to change like every week. Um, <laughs> that that two-year deal of about 12 to $13 million is pretty fair on the high end. That's something that I would have offered him in the middle of last year. Yeah. Um, let's, I mean, let's see if this makes sense how I say this. And if it comes out completely garbled, we can always edit. I mean, I I understand your point. I'm just saying when I congratulated you, I thought the actual negotiation, the way they managed that that difficult situation was masterful. And that, to my opinion, is undoubtedly the best thing they did this offseason. Yeah, that's exactly it. Now, to the other point about replaceability, Mm -hmm. of those three contracts, Saquon Barkley – may be the hardest to replace based upon his talent, mm-hmm. but is, is maybe the easiest to replace based on the availability of getting a franchise quarterback or a defensive tackle. So, you know, you have to balance everything. It's just, you know, do you want to risk losing Daniel Jones to keep Saquon Barkley? I wouldn't. I mean, some people would, but also some people- there, there are only 32 GMs in this league. Yes. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure 31 of them, at the very least, would have agreed with us. Right. And even a, even a defensive tackle like Dexter Lawrence. I mean, we've had a lot of – we've drafted a lot of good defensive tackles in this team in the last 15 years. And we've uh, – Dexter Lawrence will be the first one we've re-signed to a second contract. I think so. In a long, long time. They are hard to get – and they're know, hard to keep is really and they're right. hard and they're hard to keep I and mean, if you're trying to gel a you know a defense to becoming a championship you know you don't want to have to every couple of years lose a rising star in this league so you know Saquon Barkley is a unique talent he's an excellent wide uh, running back he's one of the you know you kept doing that during the interview too you keep wanting to call him wide receiver I want to talk about this so. So you you had a, I had a com- stroke a couple of years ago, Grump. You know that. So <laughs> we uh, you and you and Zane had this conversation, right? Where mm-hmm. I think at one point it was like, who would you pick over? Or how many how many guys would you pick before you're picking Barkley around the league, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Something around that, and it yeah. was like one or two guys. Now, I I think the Barkley conversation is frustrating because it's so subject to hyperbole when there's such clear nuance here. I mean, there is mm-hmm. no sense in comparing Barkley to a standard between the tackles running back. I mean, we have to agree that there are two types of running backs in the NFL. There are the Derrick Henrys and Nick Chubbs of this league, and -hmm. there are the Christian McCaffreys and Saquon Barkleys of this league, and they are not the same player, and they don't sustain the same injuries. I know, whatever, but so I'm just going to go through. I'm going to start listing players. I'm going to give you how old they are, 
and I'm going to give you their injury history. You tell me if that they're if you would take them before or after Barkley, and then I'm going to tell you how much they're making and what their some major stat milestones are for them. Okay. 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 So, so just to set things up, Barkley, 25 years old, he had an ACL injury and an ankle injury between 2019 2021 missed significant time but also had three 1,000-yard rushing seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian McCaffrey, 27 years old, and he had heavy leg injuries from 2020 to 2021. Better or worse than Barkley? Take before or after? I would take Barkley. Really? Yes. I think McCaffrey is the best running back in the league. Um, McCaffrey uh, had two 1,000-yard yeah. rushing seasons, one 1,000-yard receiving season. He is making $10 million this year. I, I, I guess you're um, – and maybe that's because I'm so scared of the injury history with McCaffrey. I would say that they're pretty similar. I mean, it just seems like he's hurt more, doesn't it? It doesn't seem like he's like – every year, even though he has a couple of major injuries, like he's not playing this week or he's he's on the injury report for questionable or – probable or something uh i mean a little bit yeah i would say so uh, the injuries are definitely a thing he's certainly older too i do mm-hmm. think he's old, and that's the second thing. but i, I, I also guess... think hang on, hang, on, hang on but i also think forget the injuries for a minute because i think their injuries are pretty comparable i don't think that one is egregiously worse than the other the age is, is two years different but i also think mccaffrey is way different as a receiver than barley he is a legit slot receiver like he he'll run real routes barkley doesn't run real routes no, he doesn't. Um, um, I, I guess if you're talking to me about who I want for the 2023 season, you know, all things can be equal or how much we're paying them. If, I, if they're both on the open market, who would I spend more money for? Yes. <laughs> for, for this season, if I – knowing both are healthy – no, I'm just, I'm just not even that. Just who would you ta- who who would you rather have? That's it. Don't don't put longevity into it. Who would you rather have? McCaffrey or Barkley? Thinking of it, if everything is equal with all that stuff, I would say McCaffrey. I, I, I was biasing my thing more because I'm just I'm afraid of his injury history more. But if you're saying just on a skill level, McCaffrey. No, no, no. You have to take the injuries into account. I mean that's that's part of who the player is. Then I think then I think I take Barkley. See that that's wild to me because I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't understand. I think they missed the same amount of games. I don't know. It just seems like he's. I I just feel like there's a better chance that Barkley's going to play on any given day where McCaffrey there's always something with him. No no no. This actually makes it more interesting. So then yeah. let's <laughs> let's do Josh Jacobs, 25 years old, nothing major for injuries. I would take Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jacobs got the $10 million tag. He had three 1,000-yard rushing seasons. Same mm-hmm. age, no injury history. Nothing nothing major this year uh, in the NFL. Well, I guess you know, the, the bigger thing about all this, if we're saying we want to spend X amount of money on a running back too, do we do we feel like this that's often— not, that's, not, that's not the exercise I'm doing. Hang on. I understand yeah. that. Okay, we'll do your exercise first. Yeah. But then we'll it's, I'm, just, I'm just curious because— now I'm now. So you would take Josh Jacobs over Barkley, even yes. though I, I think Barkley makes something out of nothing, but Josh Jacobs just kind of goes. Mm-hmm. You think? I don't know. I'm I'm a, that that's pretty close for me. Uh, yeah. What about Jonathan Taylor? Twenty five years old. He had the ankle. He went to IR. 
in December of last year. Barkley. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Two 1,000 yard rushing seasons. He's making five million dollars. He's also a rookie uh, mm-hmm. pay scale right now. Joe yeah. Mixon, 26, um, IR for foot. I want to say October of 2020. He had a couple of concussions, but otherwise, Barkley. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this one for this particular play, we'll take the off the field stuff off the table for a minute. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Barkley. Yeah. Okay. So Mixon is making thirteen million dollars. He had three mm-hmm. one thousand yard rushing seasons, and he's making thirteen million. Um, mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, twenty eight. He had like random injuries. Eight games in six years, he missed. It's twenty eight, huh? Yeah. Barkley again. Yeah, that one's interesting. I, I mean, I can't even look at his the way New Orleans does contracts is bullshit. So he's making <laughs> he's making eight million dollars this year, but the dead cap hit is like twenty four million, and then next year his cap hits like seventy five million dollars or something like that. It's such, it's such hokey bullshit the way they did the contract. So, but, but this was an all things considered equal exercise. I mean, I, for for this year his cap hits eight million dollars. Just as a yeah. you know, he had one one thousand yard uh, or sorry, he had. Six 1,000-yard rushing seasons and three receiving. That's insane. Um, Dalvin Cook, 28. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Injuries? Nope. No. Oh, with this. Out. With this. And he's a punk. He's a punk, too. I don't want him. You didn't say that about Mixon. That's crazy. <laughs> Fuck him. Uh, next. next. Next question. Uh, but but so Dalvin Cook had ACL, hammy, shoulder from 17 to 19. He had four 1,000-yard rushing seasons in a row, up, mm-hmm. including last year. He is a free agent at this moment. That's kind of what sparked a lot of this conversation. Right, right. Um, this one, I mean, you can add in the fumble in- issues with him too. So, I mean, you picked Barkley above almost everybody there. Yes. Some of those guys making $13 million, Some two of them making 10 8 that's where these guys are. And if you want this kind of running back, this is what they cost. I, to me, $10 million is a fair deal for this for what Barkley is. Barkley is a make-something-out-of-nothing, but he is not a run-through-every-tackle guy. He, is, he will run away from things. He's not a great blocker in pass protection, though he's shown improvement. He's not, in my opinion, better than Christian McCaffrey. Or I don't think he's as productive as Alvin Kamara or explosive as Joe Mixon. He does kind of fall a little under in a lot of those categories than the top guys. Right? But I think he's probably the best at making something out of nothing. Yeah, I I think he might be for each of those individual things might be a step behind each of those. But when you combine everything that that he does do, Mm -hmm. he's he's almost a complete package. I would – yeah, he's he's around like number two, number three, depending on what thing you – most prefer or value yeah now let me ask you the question then Go so that, now that we've established in, in in the uniform world where everything is equal at this point of where the giants are right now with roster construction still rebuilding this roster is that money you want to spend on that position right now Let's say we were. Let's say we were even a year ahead. This was 2024. Do we want to spend that money for him, or do we still? Because I, I still feel like 
I don't think we're ready yet to have that guy to spend that money for him. I, I mean, like what the 49ers did when they got McCaffrey was like the perfect time to get McCaffrey for that team. You know what I mean? I do. Um, I would say it's okay. This year. I mean, Normally, to answer your question in generalities, when you're talking about building a team, if you were asking me, do you want to buy this guy from the outside to add to your team this year? My answer would be no. Um, and if you're, you're extending it to 2024, my answer would be closer to yes. Um, but it's more than – this is retaining a guy. Um, he has continuity in the system as well. We saw what he can do in this system. So mm-hmm. to me, that answer changes slightly. And I'll say with the amount of cap space we have left, it's not like we're choosing Barkley over Hopkins or right. – you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So th- th- that comes into play for as well. Now, of course, we're going to get those – that second wave of free agency, and if you know money is spent and there's nothing there, we might miss out on a guy, and that's true. Um, but at that point, what are we talking? We're talking about missing out on a guy who shook loose from another team anyway at second cutdown. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, it's not like a guy like DeAndre Hopkins becomes a cap casualty early because they know they can't afford him and it's not going to happen, and they're just moving on early. And you know, to a certain extent, it's just nice to do to the player to give them the shot at the open market, whatever. Guys that get cut down at the end, the, you know, there will be quality players there, but in that two-year gap. So it's not like you're missing out, in my opinion, the likelihood of you missing out on a major piece going forward into the next couple of years is pretty slim. So I think that dumping Barkley when he's like 27, turning 28, giving him a two-year deal, 23 and 24, I think is – Perfectly fine. I think if you only get him for 23, that's fine too. I think the Giants have already started to phase in new guys. Like they brought in Eric Gray. I think they're going to bring in another running back next year, and they're going to start building Saquon by a committee over the course of the next couple of years. Which so, seems smart. I mean, which just seems even, smart, right? Even if, they're just, even if they make a commitment, we're going to keep him for the next four or five years. That's a smart move anyway to do. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean this, is, this is not Derrick Henry where – He's so vital to the running game, and he's just going to give him the ball 35 times a game. That's never going to be this offense, and nor so, do I think we want it to be. No, and I, I don't think that that's what they're – I think they came here with an offensive weapon that plays running back, uh, and that while they may not have drafted it, they're certainly not going to just give it away. You know what I mean? It's, it's like I wouldn't waste my money on a Maserati, but if I found one in the garage that was mine to keep for a year, I'm not going to give it away <laughs> early. That's true. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's sort of like that. And, and, and I think that they are going to phase into a more practical, financially responsible Toyota Camry approach or some shit like that. And that Camry will never be the Maserati. But if you've got three Camrys or something, the mileage, whatever, it all lasts longer. I don't fucking know what I'm doing with this analogy. It doesn't matter. You get the point. But, exactly. but to answer your question, yes, in this scenario, it's money I would spend. Um be, like I said, only because it's not preventing us from getting something that I do believe is more impactful. So my answer is somewhat nuanced. Yeah, I mean, if we're doing this in two years spurts or you know something, yeah, if we're controlling the narrative for it, I'm fine with it. Again, like I said, I I would just get leery of what what he wants is not going to be what he gets, and what he wants is not in the best interest for any team. I don't think for the running back position. So. I think this is going to ultimately play out in our favor, and I think it's going to play out in a you know 
he's going to make out financially just fine. I think it's going to be in a way it doesn't hamstring this franchise for the next couple of years if he's unavailable or you know for whatever reason. I think if he's if he's here and he plays the way we think he can play and plays up to his potential, then it's money worth it. He's a very dangerous, valuable weapon. Uh, my fear is just that. You know, how long can we expect it? You know, and you know, again, how long does he? How long can we rely on him to be good? You know, play for fifteen games a year and give us the, you know the numbers we need and be that that difference maker. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I think it's okay if you give him a two year thing, especially if you're drafting a running back next year anyway, which I think they're going to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he gives you fifteen this year, it's you know. That's perfect. If next year he only gives you 10, well, I mean, you also have Eric Gray and whatever other running back you brought in. So it's, it's you were phasing him out anyway. So you kind of only need him to contribute, what, like 14 games this year and then whatever next year is kind of just nice to have. So, I mean, I think it lands in a scenario, like you said, that just it gives the Giants literally all the leverage. They were prepared to move on from Barkley in a couple of years. They had financial tools in their toolbox, like the franchise tag, to slap on him to keep him here or at least keep him away from another team um, until next year when they get another crack at filling that running back spot. So I I think they're fine. And here's a good thing, too, is like. You know, last year and this year, there are so many holes you need to fill that you can't think about drafting a guy like a running back. But next year, you know, the way this roster is filling out and the depth is getting built and everything, you can spend on a higher draft pick for a running back to be the heir apparent or, you know, the lightning to the thunder or something. Where right now, we that would, I don't know if I'd want to spend a third round draft pick on a running back. Like, what was great? Fifth, he was four. I mean, that's like the highest I'd want to know this year, but maybe next year, if you're really trying to draft somebody who's going to eventually replace Barkley, you can go higher because you don't have as many needs to fill. And I think they will. I think, honestly, Mm -hmm. when you go through this list of guys, I said, like between Kamara, Mixon, Jacob, a lot of those guys are second round picks, second, third round picks. Mm -hmm. And and you're getting similar stuff. I, the way I went through that list, starting with McCaffrey and then going down, I had Barkley ranked second and every single way I went down, that's the way I ranked them, how I would, how I would grade them. Um, And then you also have a, you know, a better offensive line going forward. You know, you have, you have, you have have better wide receivers to help out a Daniel Jones who's becoming more and more mature and more ingrained in this offense. So everything fits together that maybe you don't need to have a Barkley back there, Uh, a Barkley like talent to get the job done back there. You can maybe get away with maybe a second tier guy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That being said, we're going to wrap this up because there really isn't anything else to talk. There were no practices. We got mandatory mini camp coming up this week. There's probably not going to be any information on that. Not sure if next week there will be an episode or it'll be two weeks from then, uh, but we'll start doing our fun summer pencils and pens. Uh, Mm. We'll be on the lookout for Barkley contract stuff. And um, just to wrap this up, um, I don't have anything further to say on Barkley. I don't think going forward unless something is said or comes out, something new. Um, So the fact that that's all there is, 
don't opine on it. Just let it. This, these are normal, by the way. These are like normal contract negotiations. This is what I would consider a standard offseason story for any team is to have a guy who is sort of dealing with the franchise tag and wanting a contract negotiation and the two sides posturing. Uh, enjoy that. Enjoy your yeah. summer, everybody. You the don't best, have to worry about anything serious. The best thing that can happen right now is that Saquon Barkley's agents, not that they're going to recalibrate what they want to ask for. They need to set an expectation with Saquon Barkley that this is all business. This is not a personal vendetta against Barkley or a personal attack or undercutting him as a player or a human. This is the way business is done. You know, nobody in the Giants front office is losing any sleep. He's not in any of these, you know, any of the OTAs or mini camps or anything. Um, I just hope that he doesn't come through this feeling, you know, I'm never going to forgive the Giants for whatever this might be. And I hope that his representation is, again, calibrating and setting expectations for him that this is a business transaction and we're going to get through this. So be resolution and things will be just fine. Amen. So I, that's my biggest hope that's coming on. And if he doesn't, you know, hopefully he's mature enough and has enough people in his own camp that will get rid of them and bring in someone else. Because, you know, again, this is not the end of the story. Whatever happens by July 17th, this might be just putting things on pause to next year. So we don't want to, we don't want it to be a case where he's like, I'm gone after this year because you guys dick right. me around or something. Yep. So stay tuned to us on Twitter uh, for, I guess, the upcoming schedule of episodes, whether it's going to be next week, the week after, or whatever. Or you could just subscribe um, on YouTube or iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, anywhere uh, where you hear podcasts, you'll hear us um, and us on Twitter as well at football underscore grump at the cranky fan. And check out uh, check out Belt Guys that inter- absolutely yeah, yeah I'm, gonna, I'm gonna link to that yeah. I'm gonna link to yeah. that in the uh, description that was a great show it was, it was a lot he's, of fun he's a good guy yeah yeah I, I appreciate him having me on too that was a lot of fun yeah that was awesome yeah all right everyone we will see you next time till then go Giants. Go Giants.